Welcome to the Lead Gen Leaders Podcast, connecting you to the leading minds in home improvement to discuss all things marketing and leadership. And now, your host, Kyle Powers. Welcome to the Lead Gen Leaders Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Powers, and I am really excited to bring today's episode to the listeners. I'm going to be sitting down with Tony Hody, and we are going to be discussing, I think, one of the coolest programs that we have ever brought to the marketplace. It is called our Brand Ambassador Program, and for the listeners, you're going to really want to turn the volume up and get the most you can out of this episode, because we're going to discuss how some companies are using this program to generate over a million dollars in business with just one marketer. So let's get into today's episode. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, Kyle. It's great to have you here in Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, it's great to uh, finally do a podcast face-to-face with somebody and uh, have a really nice discussion. And so, hey, I'm really excited about uh, today's conversation that we are going to have, uh, which is really doing more with less, you know, in the COVID climate. And, uh, you know, many of the clients that we deal with that are very heavy in face-to-face have certainly been disrupted, uh, you know, with the whole COVID situation. Uh, however, there is some clients that are really thriving in this time, not just surviving, uh, and they had a good healthy mix of you know online and TV and that kind of stuff, uh, but the ones that were heavy in face-to-face are taking a little bit of hit through this, and uh, you know, being down here talking with you this week and really perfecting some things in our processes uh, you know, that we bring out uh, to the marketplace and to the clients is uh, really figuring out how to do more with less and really getting back to the basics of you know, repeat and referral and radius marketing. And uh, so why don't you talk about those uh, basics a little bit and what you're seeing. That's right. You know, anytime I think disruption happens in the marketplace, um, and and as you mentioned, it's been particularly um, focused to those who do face-to-face marketing, door-to-door canvassing, event marketing with the fairs and festivals being canceled, um, retail store marketing, you know, there's been restrictions regarding, you know, having marketers inside retail stores. And so all of those face-to-face opportunities have been hindered in some way, shape, or form. And so we have really focused not only in my own retail operation here in Cleveland, but also with clients, helping them do more with less. And focusing on having one key individual, depending upon the size of your organization, maybe a few key individuals that work in face-to-face marketing, but employing them to go back to our customers' homes, deliver a gift basket, and during that process, really focus on repeat, referral, radius marketing around the job site, and online reviews. Those four R's are just so critical. They're so fundamental to the business. And so having our face-to-face marketers kind of reallocating them and you know refocusing them in visiting our own customers and kind of generating business through those channels has been what we've been focusing on. Yeah, absolutely. And I know I've had some calls uh, with some clients early on during the COVID that they, that's exactly what they did. They took their event marketers, they took, you know, their, their normal canvassers and they trained them up, you know, on the, what we call the brand ambassador program. 
and, and they did very well, you know, through all this, uh, because uh, as I'm sure you'll attest to, it's a much more warm welcome when you're out there, you know, right around that local job and, and with that customer that you've already did work for, uh, as opposed to six, 10, 12 canvassers going out in big vans and, you know, and blanketing a whole neighborhood. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit kind of the brand ambassador program going back to the repeat referral and radius kind of how that program really developed and your and your thoughts behind that because i remember back i mean 10 years ago already you really starting to develop a program that really morphed into this yeah so you know i've been coaching door-to-door canvassers and helping companies develop door-to-door canvassing programs or improve their door-to-door canvassing programs for decades and one thing that i learned is that so many of them fail to scale. You know, they just really struggle with scaling the program. And as a result, I wanted to come up with something that, you know, every company could perfect. You know, having one key individual, at least one, um, depending upon how many installations you have going on on a daily basis. But have one key individual go out, visit your customers, get nose-to-nose, toes-to-toes with them, say thank you, you know, show a little gratitude and appreciation, and use that as an opportunity you know, take that gift basket and stimulate some reciprocity that's going to get you five to 10 minutes at least sitting down with a recently completed customer and, you know, talk to them about the next project they have in mind. You know, offer them a gift card towards a future project that's going to stimulate the potential for repeat business. And then if, you know, if they're not ready to take advantage of that at the present time, then maybe, you know, give them a gift card that they can transfer to someone else uh, to stimulate referral business. So, you know, that's where we kind of segue from the repeat business into the referral business. Um, and then, you know, from that point, you know, really collecting good after photos that we can push up into social media that we can upload to our our website and really enhance our SEO with real organic information about projects we've completed for for customers. And then um, lastly, you know, definitely not least, get out there and go door to door in very tight proximity around the job site. I'm talking, you know, anywhere from five to 10 maybe 20 homes in really tight proximity because that's how canvassing really works best when the homeowner sees that you have a legitimate reason for being there. They can see the yard sign. Perhaps they've seen the work going on, uh, but you know they, they may know the neighbor. But being in real tight proximity in recent uh, time after the job is completed is a great way uh, to take advantage of canvassing. I think that's how it's really meant to be done. And of course, you know, we continue to try to uh, expand that, but it just, um, you know, eventually we we kind of tap out and um, max out. And, and after you get so far away from an installation, it's not as effective. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of on a high level overview to give the listeners an idea of what an effective program can like this can look like, you know, we know of, uh, you know, clients and businesses that are doing between a million and a million and a half dollars in business with one single brand ambassador, correct? That's correct. Yeah, we've got one key individual that's going out. And when you add up all the revenue that they're generating from the repeat business that they're stimulating, the referral business that they're generating, the radius marketing, you know, that they're, they're, all the leads they're setting while going door to door in tight proximity, 
And then it's really difficult to quantify how much of an impact their online reviews are having on the business, but we know for certain it is having a huge impact. Um, and also, of course, you know, the SEO component to this. You know, when you get those photos, those great after pictures with your customers holding the 100% satisfied sign and you push those up to your website and blog and talk about how John and Mary Jones, you know, recently completed a project. They had X problem and we were able to solve it for them and they live in this suburb and this town. That really creates a lot of great organic SEO and, you know, it's very difficult to quantify that sort of thing, but we know for certain that the brand ambassador's content is really helping propel the business on so many levels. You know, really, it's an online, offline marriage. You know, you're collecting this information offline, face-to-face. -face. You're generating leads offline, face-to-face. -face. Yep. But then you're pushing that content online and um, really accelerating results that way as well. Yeah, and that's something as a you know as a marketer over the last ten years, uh, you know, running different marketing departments. It's something I always try to look to do is how can I take you know a program that yes may generate me a lead, but how can I really you know I call it you know get legs with it. How can I expand that so that same effort I'm putting in can affect multiple you know areas of the business and not just necessarily generate the lead, but overall help everything out. And so that's kind of a, a high level uh, overview of the program. Uh, you know, and, and the power of that, I mean, just this, you know, this last week, I've been down here working with you and your retail business, really perfecting that brand ambassador program. Um, and, and just to kind of give it, you know, an idea to the listeners, you know, I've visited probably 10, 12, you know, previous customers uh, that have been installed in the last week or two in your business. Um, you know, we got appointments uh, for three to four repeat jobs that customers that just had work done goes, you know, you guys did a great job. Uh, so it definitely begins with wowing the customer early on to make this, you know, really happen in your sales and, and production, you know, process. But, uh, you know, if you do well for the customer, you know, and, and these aren't little jobs, they, they kind of almost started with us with a little job. And now, you know, I can remember the one customer, uh, you know, he wants uh, a small window tore out and a patio door, you know, replaced in there. And so, you know, that's, that's a good job right there, as well as some entry doors, um, you know, and a couple of other customers that want additional, uh, you know, products in their home, as well as, you know, a couple of referrals we got. I can remember the one lady, you know, her daughter was looking for some work and we, and she, I mean, she was just ecstatic about the work, you know, that you guys did for her. And I mean, she even went as far as on her Google review, putting her address right on there saying, Hey, you can come check out the work, man. These guys are, you know, top notch. And so that's, you know, powerful review there, uh, as well as a referral to her daughter. But then, you know, the multitudes of leads that we got, you know, just knocking, five to 10 doors right around that, you know, that job site. And I remember the, you know, one of them that sticks out in particular, I don't think a normal canvasser, you know, miles away from a job would have got this lady. She was a, a single homeowner. Um, and she was, you know, even still a little apprehensive with me knowing that she was the only one in the home, but it was two doors down from the job that we just completed and she knew them well. And she was looking at the same project that they had done. And that's merely how we got it because we were the ones that helped, you know, her neighbor, her friend that she knew well, um, and, and took that, you know, recommendation highly. Yeah. And that's where, you know, situations like that are, uh, really indicative of how warm a canvassing lead can be when it's done properly. You know, a lot of people think that because canvassing is an aggressive form of lead generation where you're the instigator and you're initiating, you know, the contact with the consumer, 
that it may be a colder or less receptive lead. But, you know, you saw firsthand in that scenario, and you've seen it countless times, Kyle, that, you know, when you are in tight proximity and that, that relationship is there, they know the homeowners and uh, the trust is established, that, that lead is like a referral, you know, yeah. but just because you had the gumption and the, the ambition to get out and knock on a few doors, uh, you brought it to the surface. And so, yeah, really generating leads on all fronts uh, this week. You did a great job. We, we loved having you here mastering this, this program. But, you know, that's how you do less. You know, that's how you do more with less, you know, working with fewer marketers and generating a greater number of leads. And let's face it, that's why we're in business, you know, is to, to, to generate a profit. And, you know, the old saying goes, you know, volume for vanity, profit for sanity and cash flow for reality. You know, right now there are people out there during this, you know, disruptive period that have found ways to make more with less. And I really think this is one program that a lot of companies can institute to help them do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so we, we've kind of talked on a high level uh, of what this program looks like, but for the listeners, maybe someone that's not doing this program, maybe not even canvassing yet. Uh, but it's something they thought they want to do. Uh, I know I have a client right now that, uh, you know, newer business, and, and that's what they're starting out with for their first face-to-face marketer is the brand ambassador position because it, it's kind of, again, it, it hits on all fronts, that online, offline, you know, scenario. And so uh, let's go through maybe a little bit more in depth of kind of each step, what that looks like, you know, for, you know, for a company, you know, getting started, you know, starting with what, what does a brand ambassador look like? What kind of traits, you know, when you're hiring? in that person, you know, what are you looking for? Yeah, so with a, a good brand ambassador is going to be a lot like the profile for an event marketer or a door-to-door canvasser. They're number one, they're going to be extroverted. You know, they have to be engaging um, and, and um, you know, enthusiastic, you know, high energy. That's what we're looking for, someone that's, you know, great with customers um, and doesn't mind getting out there, meeting new people, um, and, and really gets their energy from people interaction. Um, so that's, that's the number one thing we look for in the profile of a brand ambassador for sure. Absolutely. And I've noticed too, that it, it helps when they can be a little more, uh, I guess for lack of a better term, a little more professional, maybe than you know, just your first entry level canvas or maybe someone that has some of that experience already. Um, getting out there um, and, and knocking on doors, um, you know, maybe, you know, it's just a little bit more experience just in life in general. I think that's a good point, Kyle. I think a lot of people try to uh, approach this like, hey, you know, I can get someone to probably go do this, um, you know, for, for a low cost. You know, I bet you a, a college student, um, recent grad or, or even a, an internship type scenario would love the opportunity to get involved in some marketing for a local company. Um, and, you know, I think that, you know, you need to be cognizant of the fact that it's worth it to spend a little extra money to get that life experience. As you mentioned earlier, very astutely, you have to have a good experience for the customer. It has to be, the jobs have to be done right. Nevertheless, even the best companies in the world out there, you know, in construction, in remodeling, home improvement, there's going to be issues, you know, and, and you need someone that's mature enough and experienced enough to be able to, you know, put the customer at ease and still collect their online reviews, get repeat business and referrals and, you know, generate um, all of the content that you need, um, 
you know, while still putting the customer at ease that they're going to be taken care of if they have any minor issues, not getting rattled by that, um, and having the experience and to be able to explain things properly to them. Uh, I think that's critical. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a real world example, just yesterday, one of the ones I ran, uh, super ecstatic, you know, she got almost a house full of windows. She's pretty close. She's doing it in two steps, uh, which we found out in that visit. She would like us to do the rest of them now. So, uh, so that's good. But, um, was just a, a little piece on her casement window that just the plastic covering over the crank, you know, was just a little bit loose. And, you know, she thought she had a defective product and, you know, wanted someone to come, you know, essentially fix it. And I was like, that just doesn't sound right to me. Do you mind if I go take a look at it? And she said, no. And I'll, you know, just took one second, click, boom, on there. She was happy, you know, and ecstatic, you know, so to be able to, you know, internalize those things and think on your feet, you know, when you're at the customer home to, you know, to still give them that great experience. And again, you know, guests get those reviews still and, and stuff where that could hold up maybe a good review or even garner a bad review if that wasn't taken care of right away. Um, so those are some of the skills, you know, that that brand ambassador needs to have. So, all right. So we talk about, so we find that brand ambassador, you know, they generally are paid more than just an entry level canvasser, um, you know, maybe even getting more close to a canvas manager pay. Uh, you know, on the, on the salary wise. Yeah. I mean, a, a brand ambassador, if you have one, <laughs> only one, you know, they are managing that program, yes. you know, and if they're managing that program, of uh, you know, really maximizing your repeat business, your referral business, your online reviews and radius marketing, that's a high level position. Somebody that should have some management skills, somebody that can really balance all of that and, um, and make sure that, you know, that they're being held accountable, obviously, by someone else, but they have to be a self-starter. You know, yes. they, they have to uh, really be someone that, that can handle all that. And I think to approach it with um, somebody inexperienced um, because we can get them on the payroll for, for a lesser amount is the wrong way to approach it. Absolutely. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And so talking about pay, again, last thing on that is, you know, definitely a big part of their pay should come in in bonuses directly geared towards the results that you're trying to get of the repeat referral, the reviews, the pictures, you know, as well as the radius, you know, marketing right around that job site. So, you know, putting up a, you know, a review form to make sure that, you know, what get measured gets managed, right? So really making sure that you're driving them to get the, the results that you need and they can be compensated heavenly on, you know, on the bonus side too with that. So, all right. So we talk about uh, finding the right person and the pay that they get. And so let's say company finds that person, pays good to go, and they're, and they're getting that person out there. What's really kind of those first steps in that program? Well, you know, once you have the right person and they're, they're being compensated properly, um, you know, leadership is key. I think everything rises and falls on leadership. Absolutely. They have to have the proper training. You know, they, they have to have someone to lead by example. This is what the program looks like. This is how we do it. And uh, leading by example and having someone to, to show them how that can be done properly, how you can execute an effective brand ambassador visit and really capitalize on all of those channels, the repeat, the referral, the review, and the radius. Um, that That's really key. I think, you know, just throwing them out there to the wolves, so to speak, without any training, without any real vision of exactly what this looks like is a mistake that a lot of companies make. Yeah, absolutely. And then they wonder why they're not getting the leads and they're, you know, they, the brand ambassador themselves feels like they're on an island, you know, so they, they're not very happy. And then, you know, it's just all around that, that vicious cycle of it not working out and, and companies getting away from it. 
Um, and so that's certainly something that, that we do and, and can help with, uh, you know, if anyone needs it on, on coaching, if you don't have someone in your organization that can learn that program and lead by example to that, that new hire, that is certainly something that, you know, we can help with, uh, with that. So, um, so leadership, getting them out there, you know, getting them started. Um, can you kind of run through, you know, maybe what a, a day would look like, you know, starting with the brand ambassador coming into the office and then, you know, what that looks like kind of each step, maybe, you know, one or two sentences kind of on each step of, of what that looks like when they're out to visit the customer then. Yeah. So there's gotta be some organization and, and, and preparation, um, you know, having a brand ambassador that comes into your, your office and has a list of, you know, customers that they're going to visit with, whether they're setting those appointments themselves or whether the call center or some other function is scheduling those appointments for them. Um, but knowing their schedule, where they're going to be going, doing that in a, in a methodical way so they're not traveling and covering too much territory um, so they can spend some time. Uh, but, you know, visiting three to four different job sites a day is, is very realistic, I think. And uh, that will give you an, enough time to spend some time with, with the customer. Also get out after you've had that visit and, and either knock on a few doors or put some post-it notes or door hangers around the job site. Um, but in the office, you've got to be prepared. You're going to be preparing these gift baskets, making sure you have enough, making sure that they're complete and presentable and, um, and having your schedule, uh, of who you're going to visit and deliver these to. So there's some logistics there that have to be worked out. And I think that, um, you know, planning, you know, as they say, you know, plan, the plan, then work the plan, you know, plan the work, work the plan. I think that's critical with the brand ambassador program. Yep. So they get the, uh, the plan together and, and really that doesn't take all that long. I mean, maybe an hour or two in the office each day, uh, you know, max two hours, I would say, uh, you know, getting, especially if they're not doing the call if they're not doing the call and setting up the appointment, someone's doing it. But, I mean, that really limits time in the office for sure. Um, and so now they, they map, they got a good route to, to be the most efficient and they go out and they, and they go to the home. What, what are some of the, the tools that they're bringing with them to accomplish, you know, all of that? So, you know, there's a number of things that you should have, whether you have a, a clipboard or a binder or something of that nature, that really gives you a checklist. You know, the checklist is key so that you don't forget one of the key steps um, in the process. It's very easy to get caught up in conversation with the homeowner and maybe forget to plant the yard sign. It's maybe, you know, easy to get caught up in conversation and for, forget one of the steps, whether it's a, collecting a satisfaction survey from the homeowner or whether it's, um, you know, taking that great picture with a 100% satisfied sign. You know, there's different steps and you want to have all of those itemized so that you are checking them off as you go through your visit and, you know, especially early on as you're getting good at this and perfecting and mastering this process, it's critical to have those steps identified. And, of course, you know, having the gift basket that is strategically, you know, put together to stimulate reciprocity from the consumer and, and, and have some items that are going to linger around the house for a long time to come so that your company is always top of mind, always on the forefront if and when they think home improvement or home service. Yes, absolutely. 
Um, and so you, you talked about that checklist. And uh, one thing I'd like to add on that is that checklist being checked off by that brand ambassador at every home. That is certainly something that can be turned into whoever is managing them, you know, their leader, whether it's the owner or marketing manager or whatever, uh, that also can be then, you know, put in the kind of the file for those one-on-one reviews when you're when you're managing, you know, the expectations to, to just verify that, yes, at every house they said, that they did these steps and and it's powerful because even you know someone experienced like me I you know one of the first couple of homes I hit this week I, I certainly forgot something and I was like oh man I got to bring my list you know and and it's just not following my my own system and processes and it's like you know because I've done it so much that I was like oh no problem you know and and like you said you get caught up in conversation and so you miss something so I think those checklists are a huge deal you know for them to have not only for themselves to make sure they do everything but then also to hold them accountable and, and, and turn into leadership uh, so they're out there, they go out, they knock on the door and, uh, you know, they find a place to, to chat with a homeowner. Sometimes it's, it's outside. It, it's not like a sales process where you need to get to the kitchen table, I don't think, but, uh, you definitely need an area where you can talk to a little bit, uh, and kind of how does that, that process go then once you're, you're in front of the homeowner? Yeah, it may be a little bit more fluid than your typical in-home sales process. However, there's a lot of similarities. You know, okay. you have an agenda, right? You're going to deliver your gift basket. You're going to explain each of the items in the gift basket. You know, whether it be coffee mugs and candles and chocolate, but you know, other things that you know really are important. Your referral program and you know, giving the customer their their loyalty gift card that they can apply towards a future purchase. Uh, so, you know, really being strategic and going through that process with them and, um, you know, administering the, you know, the customer satisfaction survey and that, that obviously um, spurs a lot of conversation and, as well. And on the, the customer satisfaction survey, what are some, you know, just a couple of the brief questions, you know, that you're going to ask in there? You know, did, did, did we live up to all of our promises? You know, were we on time? Were the installers polite and courteous? Did they clean up? You know, these are the typical types of questions that you're going to find on a satisfaction survey. And, you know, you can actually take those satisfaction surveys and you can upload them to social media to show social proof that, you know, you're, you're delivering on your expectations and, and that sort of thing. So, um, there's, there's a lot of value. Not only are you learning where you need to get better as an organization, you're also marketing at the exact same time. And anytime you can hit two birds with one stone like that, you're, you're in great shape. Yep. And so uh, you've met with them, you explain the contents of the gift basket, you've done the customer satisfaction survey, and, and everything's gone right. They've, they've given you a 10 or you know five, whatever your grading scale is on your customer satisfaction answered yes, they were satisfied to everything. Uh, you know, what are the last couple things you're trying to garner from them? Well, you know, we're going to ask them what's their favorite part about their project. What's your favorite window that we installed? Or what's your favorite part about your new bathroom? Um, what's your favorite part? Uh, what do you like best about your new siding? And, you know, when they mention that and elaborate on that, I usually use that as a transition to get that 100% satisfied sign in their hands and take a photo. Well, since this is your favorite window that we installed for you, why don't I get a photo of you in front of your favorite window here and I hand them the 100% satisfied sign and start snapping a few photos so that we have that social proof and we have that content that we can push up to social media as well as search engine optimization. And and then, you know, we mentioned that we're going to plant a yard sign outside and that, uh, you know, we're going to talk to a few of the neighbors in close proximity and, and uh, see if anyone was 
peeking through the blinds and you know anyone was paying any particular attention to the work that was going on, ask them how well they know their neighbors. Sometimes you can get some introductions mm-hmm. to some of the neighbors. Sometimes they may give you some valuable insight that, oh, you know, one of my neighbors mentioned that they're thinking about Project X in the future. And um, you can ask them, do you mind if I use your name? Do you mind if I say that you sent me over to just create that real warm introduction and tight proximity? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the one thing in there uh, that we didn't talk about is also asking them to leave those reviews on on Google, Facebook, uh, you know, wherever you may, you know, have different review channels to do Google and Facebook being the two uh, most prevalent there. But just asking them, you know, hey, Cienzo, you were completely satisfied. I mean, would you be open to leaving us a five star review? And they all say yes. They're not expecting the next thing I say, which is, hey, why don't you just go ahead and grab your phone out? It just takes a quick second. I can walk you through it. And and boom, you, you know, when you leave the house, they've left the review. And uh, Tony, just to kind of give the listeners an idea you know, in your retail business, do you know about how many five-star Google reviews you have at this time? I know exactly how many five-star reviews. And that is how many? 188. Nice. Nice. Absolutely. And so, um, you know, really getting those reviews and that, that I would say that would rival companies that are much larger than yours in terms of volume that have been around for, you know, 10, 15 years that have been getting reviews and, and things like that, because you really put a focus on that, you know, with the brand ambassador. And I want, I want to kind of park on this thought on the reviews right now, because uh, we were talking about some recorded calls that you have here in your business that people are calling in to set an appointment uh, with you guys because of the reviews and how much, you know, the ultimate five-star reviews above, you know, the competition and things like that. Could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, it's been a huge catalyst in inbound calls and, and really accelerating our efforts online and uh, newspaper efforts you know, other marketing efforts that we're making, it accelerates those efforts uh, because the online presence is so strong. You know, we have 188 five-star reviews, and I know that because what gets measured gets managed. We manage that very closely. We know how many reviews we have on Facebook and Yelp and, and what our status is. And, you know, we don't we manage that just as closely as we manage sales and leads in our business because yep. we feel it's that essential in this day and age and will be continue to become more and more essential um, as you know going forward into the future as millennials and younger generation that have grown up you know shopping and uh, you know consuming you know based on you know the reviews of others they, they tend to crowdsource big time and um, you know so that's been really instrumental for us and it does greatly affect all of our marketing um and you know getting face to face to acquire those reviews is just imperative you know if if you leave it up to chance it rarely gets done you know we have tried so many different channels of requesting reviews from customers over the phone via email via text and although a small percentage will follow through um most of the reviews that we have acquired while we're, while we were in front of the customer, uh, the, the vast, vast majority of them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I actually just had a call the other day uh, for an upcoming podcast. And, you know, we were talking about the very basics of lead generation, you know, a small company or maybe a company that's been around for a while, but just as, you know, kind of that old school way of doing business, how detrimental it can be if, you know, your look online one of those looks being reviews isn't there. 
Um, and so some of these companies, not only do they not have many reviews, the few reviews they do have, you know, are bad reviews. Um, because, you know, the old saying goes, if someone's unhappy, they tell 10 people. If they're happy, they tell two people. Uh, and so, you know, if you're not really managing those online reviews, and so we talked about that, that being one of the things to, to really bring it to the forefront is making sure that if you do have a few bad reviews, because, I mean, face it, at the end of the day, again, no matter how perfect you are, there's always going to be someone that gets upset. And uh, granted, you have found in your business really good ways to, to still get them satisfied and even leave you a five-star review with that stuff. But um, some people haven't quite figured that out yet. But when you get, you know, a hundred good reviews and there's one bad review, it really pushes that down. And, and that's you know, the key. It's, it's it about awesome. going on offense instead of playing defense. Most companies have, you know, found themselves playing defense. They, they didn't realize how much this online review scenario was going to affect their business. So they weren't paying attention to it. They weren't giving it a lot of focus. And then when they got a bad review, they immediately jumped to try to, you know, do some things to account for that, to offset or counter that. Um, and, you know, they're, they're reacting, they're being reactionary. They're being, they're not being proactive. We have, gone on offense and we're collecting reviews on a daily basis and um, really gaining momentum with that. That way, if and when you get one of those problem customers that we all will come across sooner or later, that it is such a small percentage that, you know, the consumers don't even blink, you know, and uh, everyone expects that, you know, they expect that there's going to be a small percentage um, that, that is unhappy for one reason or another. And so, um, you know, just getting out in front of that and being proactive is the, is the key. Yeah, and, and realizing that if you don't have a lot of reviews or good reviews, uh, how much business you probably are losing, especially if you have some lead gen programs in place, you know, whether it's traditional marketing or maybe have some canvassers or some events that you're doing you can't even measure you don't even know the people that look you up and are like yeah no and you know move on to your competitor and so um and how we've finally been able to quantify obviously it sounds like it makes sense but how we've been able to qualify it and quantify that is you know just the recordings of all the calls you got to the customer saying hey we we found you because we were doing our online research and and man your your reviews are great we want to do business with you we hear it all the time. It, it, it's, it's amazing, and it gets reinforced that we're on the right track on a daily basis because, um, <clears throat> you know, we, we listen to those recorded phone calls very carefully. We ask, who can we thank for referring you to our company, expecting that they're being referred to us because of our great reputation or because of the great work we've done for someone else? We're planting that seed early, and we're often hearing, you know, well, I was just doing some research online and really liked what I saw. Oh yeah, what 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 did you like about what you saw? Oh, your reviews are fantastic. I read several of them. You know, can't believe how how strong that has become and how that continues to become a factor. Absolutely. And so we talked about getting out to the customer's home. You're you're giving them a gift basket. You're hitting them up if they have any additional business. Uh, you are asking if they know anybody that may be brought up that they're looking to do some of that same work uh, to get that uh, referral business. You're getting a picture of them with a 100% satisfied sign. You're getting a review left or multiple five-star reviews left for yourself across all sorts of different online and social media type stuff. Um, you're putting that yard sign in the yard. Uh, and then the last thing from there uh, on that visit is, is talking to a few of the neighbors. That's right. 
Yeah, I'm mean, talking to the neighbors is just essential. I mean, you know, most neighborhoods, the homes are built at the exact same time. They have the exact same issues, you know, so it just makes logical sense that if customer A, you know, is experiencing some of those challenges that very likely happening next door or a few doors down or across the street and just getting in front of them, letting them know that, you know, you're in the area, you, you're willing and able to help and that you've already helped, you know, neighbors of theirs, um, you know, really just a, a rock solid way to approach turning one job into two jobs or two, you know, one job into three jobs. Yep. Yeah. I can remember we we're driving down a road last night as we we're going to dinner and you're like, yeah, we've done like five jobs just on this one little road right here. I was like, wow. You know, and that just is a testament to that program and, you know, building off of, you know, one job you get in the neighborhood and really getting legs with it. So, um, so the brand ambassador is essentially done with that, you know, somehow uh, they're, you know, uploading those pictures back to the company. Maybe they are the one that also puts them on social media or whatever, but it just really depends on your company um, and getting that information back. You know, I know here inside your company, you know, we turn the forms in, uh, they go right into the customer's file so that they, you know, can see. And then obviously anything is conveyed to the, you know, to the phone room that, hey, you know, hey, they would like a call next week to come out and estimate more windows or, or whatever that may be uh, there. Uh, but what's really interesting is kind of the next step that you figured out, even how to take that program a step further and going back to that online, offline type scenario. Could you talk about that real briefly? Yes. So we've been taking the content we've been collecting in the field during our brand ambassador visits. And when I say content, I mean photos. I mean the customer satisfaction survey. And I mean feedback in general. You know, why did you do this project in the first place? And, you know, what problems did we solve for you? And did we solve your problem for you? Uh, taking that content and pushing it online on our website to create very organic content. You know, for example, Mr. and Mrs. Jones in Rocky River, Ohio, were having a problem with their old bay window. It was drafty. It, it was leaking air. It, you know, it was unsightly, et cetera, et cetera. You know, we replaced it for them, and they're extremely satisfied. You know, it looks better. It's much more comfortable. Um, even the cat has found a new home in the, in the bay window yep. uh, that was once abandoned because of its uh, condition. So there's, you know, just coming up with those that content, you know, the old saying is facts tell, but stories sell. Yep. And when you put that kind of content online, whether it be in social media or whether it be on your own website or blog, you know, that really is compelling to consumers. And you're going to get both online and offline, you know, results from the brand ambassador program as a result. And, and as opposed to having the same old kind of organic type language that everyone has in their websites to target, you know, specific areas. It, it really does add, you know, some value when they're on your site and, and reading that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think you have to have, you know, the X's and O's of, you know, what your products are made of and, you know, who manufactures them and, you know, the performance ratings, but that's a minutia of data that most people who aren't engineers couldn't give, you know, a lick about. Right. And so, you know, what people really want to know, again, is that those stories just sell. And the more you content you can push up online to show that you're solving problems for people and that you're coming back 
you know, to say thank you and to, you know, you know, they say a picture's worth a thousand words. Well, if that's the case, a picture of a customer holding a 100% satisfied sign, that's got to be worth a million words. It might yeah. be worth a million bucks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and again, you know, kind of go back to the very beginning at what's possible with this, just one marketer out there generating a million to a million and a half dollars a year in business from this program. So certainly could be worth a million bucks. Uh, so kind of getting to the end on time here and, um, you know, final segment of Power's Powerful Point, you know, with regards to the brand ambassador and maybe getting it started, uh, if we can kind of guide you down that way for a powerful point, you know, what would you like to give the listeners to, to really kickstart this program? Well, I think it's about having a group discussion with your, your leadership team and your organization and making a commitment that we're going to focus on the fundamentals because we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. And we're going to focus on repeat, referral, radius and reviews because that those are staples in the home remodeling industry. And so having some discussion about you know how we're going to fortify our business by by really looking into a, a program like that, that that could help propel our business. And once you decide that, you know, maybe you have someone internally that could be a good fit for the program. Um, maybe you know you can reach out to folks in your network and uh, with a job description and, and start to bring some candidates to the surface. And then, of course, you can go to the, the traditional ways of, of recruiting. But I think that, um, you know, the first thing is just identifying how powerful it could be for your business and getting everybody on board with it. And then, um, you know, focus on, on getting a, a candidate. But those four channels are staples and they're not going anywhere. And uh, we need to master them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Bruce Lee says that he doesn't fear the man that knows a thousand different, you know, karate or martial arts moves. He doesn't fear that individual. He fears the individual that knows one kick a thousand times. He, he knows it so well. And I think if we spent a lot more time just focusing on those four fundamentals instead of all the other things that that are out there, you know, m- most of our businesses would accomplish a lot more with less. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. I'd also like to add uh, one thing on there, too, when you're having that conversation within your leadership team, uh, you know, about the program and, and getting back to those basics, write up a little report card for yourself. You know, go on your Facebook, go on your Google, you know, take a look at your reviews. Uh, if you're certainly, if you don't do anything, you should at least do that and at least see where you stand and, and you can make some decisions from there, but really get an idea of where you're at. And, you know, when you're having that conversation, say, you know, hey, what, you know, hey, we got 38 reviews. We're at, you know, four stars or 4.2 stars. You know, what would it look like if we had 380 reviews and we were at 4.9 stars? You know, how could that change our business? Um, and, and just really see where you're at. Cause that's, you know, when we get a call from a client, that's one of the very first things we do, you know, when I'm on the phone with them is I'm pulling up their website, I'm looking, I'm looking at their Google reviews. I'm looking at their Facebook. I'm looking at, you know, all across the board, you know, how are they coming across to the consumer? And, and before we can do any big programs with them, we got to get that in line first, or they're just going to be spinning their wheels. That's exactly right. You know, we see that, you know, advertisers and vendors, they'll, they'll take your money. (laughs) They don't don't care how many stars you've got on Google, Facebook, or Yelp, or any of that. They'll take your money if you want to invest it with them. And then after the program fails, they're going to then, you know, say, well, what did you expect? You know, you've got 
terrible online reviews or you, or you don't have an online reputation, you're kind of a ghost online, or, you know, they'll, they'll give you the excuses after they cast your check. We don't like to do that. You know, we like to, you know, we like to know who we're doing business with. First of all, you know, we interview our clients just as carefully as they interview us. Yep. And it's a great starting point for us to see how we can help them by taking a look at, um, you know, their online scorecard. Sounds good. Well, hey, I really appreciate your time today and diving into this program. You know, certainly if anybody has any more questions on the program, they can reach out to us at TonyHody.com, and, and we'd love to help some people with this program. It's just, it's really powerful, and, you know, we're going to keep, uh, you know, evolving it and keep, you know, adding little things to continuously make it better, and, and that's why I, I love my weeks when I get to come down here and work, you know, inside of your business and, and really start tweaking some things. Um, it, it's been fun, so thank you for your time today. Yeah, we loved having you, Kyle. Thanks for coming. Thank you for listening to the Lead Gen Leaders Podcast. For a free consultation on how Tony Hody Training and Consulting can assist with your home remodeling business, please visit TonyHody.com. That's T-O-N-Y-H-O-T-Y.com. Thank you for listening.